Same problems as me. Steam, everybody's favorite. One of the main reasons that uh, so many users rally behind it, which I completely understand, is because of their massive libraries from accumulating games over the past like 15 years. Mm -hmm. Totally cool. I get the fear of losing those when it's threatened. I really do. However, the constant evangelizing about its store backlog, quote unquote, has to be addressed, I feel. There's a lot of old titles on that service and it's super rad but many people likely don't know before buying or don't care due to acquiring so much from bundles or whatever that there are a good portion of these that do not work well or at all on modern systems things that were uploaded to marketplace forever ago and never gone back to because if you were a developer or major publisher kind of why would you but still these incompatibilities should be noted better that or they unfortunately should probably just be like delisted for purchase until proper remaster re-release can come out so me also recently picked up condemned criminal origins on the summer sale cool hard game that launched on the 360 and it was like three dollars yeah three bucks he never got to play it back then and i kind of just wanted to revisit it you know again and maybe show chelsea and Boy, I don't know if that PC port was just lacking at the time or if the changes in software and hardware over the years make it almost just unplayable now. And it happens. I'm not upset by it. Like Austin, you said, it was like, it's only three bucks. But I think the normal price might even be around like 15, 15 or 20. Okay. It's $15. Uh, but it's just, this thing should not be on the store anymore. There's no controller support, no subtitles, no widescreen option. It's optimization for newer graphics cards isn't there. I couldn't get a stable frame rate for the life of me. And it's obviously not that my rig isn't powerful enough. It's just an ancient game by the, the standards of how things are programmed to run now. But it's just, I don't know. Meanwhile, whether if you have the disc or not, I did see that it is available on backwards compatibility on Xbox One. And I bet dollars to donuts that that version probably has way less problems. Yeah. I don't know. I had a similar problem, which is I could not for the life of me get Roller Coaster Tycoon to run. I One? bought the original for $2. I thought that runs on anything, isn't it? Assembly it just kept crashing on launch okay. for me. That happened with me in the original Crisis, which now they're remaking. Fear was the same. Like These mm -hmm. old shooters I wanted to... I don't know. Well, it's funny. This will be a good transition into our episode because this topic will come up later okay actually interesting and it is what it is i'm just saying that buyers beware just know that the that the odds of, of a decent proportion of your digital collection may either not be what you think or demand that you hunt and download like third-party patches just to avoid those yeah, crashes because that's, that's I, what you did right i eventually like, got condemned running and after downloading like four fan mods that made it run but then there was some memory leak where the frame rate just was like <laughs> ticking down like a timer yeah. It started out at like 60 frames and then after a minute it was like 50 and then 45 and then 30 and then it was like 15 and I was like, what's going on? <laughs> you just got to play it in one minute verse. Yeah. I ran over, I guess, but this happened to me several times with multiple games over the past few months when I made the mistake of feeling nostalgic and it's not talked about enough, I don't think. But Yeah. I mean, I buy a lot of old games, which reminds me, another game that I bought on the Steam sale was Kanan Lynch 1 and 2. I have to <laughs> nice. boot, I have to boot those up soon and see if they work so I can return them within the 2 week period if they don't. <laughs> so I returned Condemned and Roller Coaster Tycoon. Oh, that's a shame about Roller Coaster. 
Roller coaster worked fine for me. Yeah, their rules are two hours of gameplay yeah. or two weeks, whichever comes first. So what'd you do with that five dollars that you got back from both um, of those games? I bought our friend Melissa Danganronpa Ultra Despair Girls. Because she was she was playing through the Danganronpa games. That's cute. And I was that's like, not as good as either of those games. No. And I was like, if you're going to play this stupid Danganronpa shit, play the shooter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, it's that one. That's the, that's the third-person shooter. It's not the visual novel one. That's funny. <laughs> All right, folks. So just a couple months ago, we went deep on the long and troubled history of Duke Nukem Forever. But what if I were to tell you that there was once another now mostly forgotten sci-fi shooter produced under 3D Realms that didn't totally blow ass? A game with portals... Duke Nukem never. (laughs) That's a good joke, dude. A game with portals before Portal. A game with Art Bell before George Nori. A game with... Don't fear the Reaper before SNL memes. I'm talking, of course, about 2006's Prey, the name so nice they used it twice. From the fine developers of The Quiet Man and co-writer of After Earth, this Native American-inspired FPS actually went through quite the production, not unlike Duke, to make it onto shelves while also going through several iterations of design as well as software technology before its eventual release on the PC and early days of the Xbox 360 over a decade later. This is Hot Button. I'm Randall Beatrice here with Austin Blakesley and Chris Anantuano. Uh, I. <laughs> Austin, what do you want to tell us about Walking on Walls and uh, that weird death screen mini game? Will you let me reminisce about how amazing the opening sequence is and why it made for the best demo ever? Where the fuck is the real Prey 2? For all that Where and more, is it? stay tuned. <laughs> I was going to say, for some reason, my brain always confused prototype and prey. There's nothing <laughs> similar about them. It just goes to say that my head runs on like a fucking double A battery because it's just like P. Oh, P game? Most, people, hey, P? Hey, hey. Most people confuse P-R, prototype for. Sir. <laughs> yeah, PR, yeah. <laughs> Most people confuse prototype for infamous. Those were big around the same time. Yeah, well, That's they are mostly similar. the same yeah. game. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Well, in order to tell this story, we're going to have to go back in time How far? and revisit our pals at 3D Realms once again in the far off distant past of 1994. Whoa. The PlayStation is the. Everybody's listening to Hole. <laughs> yes. Hole, the biggest band of 1994. Also, I, it, I, didn't, I didn't mean for that burn in my intro on uh, Gary Witta, by the way, that uh, I think you pointed out, Austin. The writer of Rogue One and Book of Eli as mm-hmm. well, right? He's he's done work on a few games, uh, none of which have. Yeah, <laughs> I think he was a consultant on Halo Five. He was. Uh, yes, he oh, was. Is that why it sucks so fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> he, we'll get to him a little bit later, but he All also right. has a talk show that takes place in Animal Crossing that he does. Oh, okay. I, think um, I didn't see that. <laughs> now, I'm not going to go through the history of 3D Realms. We already did that in the Duke episode, so if you're interested in where that company came from, yes, go listen to the Duke episode. I assure you it is way more crazy and longer of a story than this one will be. But just thought about how Duke also means shit. That's kind of <laughs> ironic. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So 
I'm going to cut in to my history on 3D Realms right around the time that they actually changed their name from Apogee Software to yes. 3D Realms. Now, in the Duke episode, I mentioned that they saw what was going on over at id Software and decided to take their 2D side-scrolling Duke Nukem and turn that into a fully realized 3D world a la Doom, developing their first title as 3D Realms Duke Nukem 3D in 1996. Mm -hmm. Now, I did not lie to you listeners. However, I may have omitted some details there because I, oh. I knew that this episode would be coming shortly after. You put stuff in the pocket. Yes. <laughs> we talked about a shooter called Rise of the Triad, originally yes. meant to be a sequel to Wolfenstein 3D, and that was released as the last game under the Apogee name, and the company got to work on what would be their flagship title for this new company, 3D Realms. And we know now and have extensively talked about Duke Nukem 3D. However, the thing that I omitted was that there were two games in the works to be that flagship title. Duke Nukem 3D, and a little game by the name of Prey. Mm -hmm. um, Tom mm -hmm. Hall would head up the project, Prey. Hall also worked on Duke Nukem 3D, but he originally worked on the story for Doom back at id Software. He left after some disputes with John Carmack, who famously said, story in a game is like story in a porn. It's expected to be there, but it's not that important. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, what did he do with the story in Doom? He's like, all right, now my job is to go hire Arnold Schwarzenegger to do lines for the Terminator. Like, what fucking more useless well, thing could the, you be the doing? The funny thing yeah, is, if you look, into, if you look into the lore of Doom, there's, a like, a Doom Bible, and he wrote the whole thing, and then they threw the whole thing out because it didn't oh. matter. But his work came out in the later Dooms. Yes. Doom yeah, I was going to say, Doom. I think yeah. I mentioned this before. When I was playing Doom Eternal, I messaged Randall. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? I was yeah. like, it's like a storyline. I know. I and, like, and I think there's a copy of the Doom Bible in that game. Is, yes. Yeah. Like, and it is cool. Don't get me wrong. I'm not is, saying yeah. it's not for the worse yeah. by any means. It's de definitely really cool. It just took me off guard. I was like, I thought you said this game was just running around <laughs> shooting things and ripping out eyeballs. And yeah. now it's like, Oh what? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little unexpected. And and some could argue dives a little too deep at times, but true. Tom Hall ended up leaving after the release of Doom in 93, joined Apogee Software and served as lead designer on Wolfenstein Rise of the Triad, later just Rise of the Triad in 1994. And then Was Rise of the Triad any good? It was alright. It was okay. Yeah. They made a remake of it not too long ago, too. Yes, they uh, did. I think yeah, yeah. We might I was going to make the joke whether or not they were saving the disappointing Wolfenstein sequel until later <laughs> in life. <laughs> Wait, which? Oh, you mean the reboot of Wolfenstein? <laughs> no, no. What, uh, the one where you play with his daughters. Oh, fucking, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, young blood. Mm. Oh, that's what it's called, yeah. Yeah. But, what, a bu what a bummer. <laughs> yes, what a bummer indeed. <laughs> After Rise of the Triad released in 1994... In 1995, Tom Hall got to work on Prey. Now, not much is actually known about this early version of Prey. There's some screenshots out there. Uh, there are some screenshots out there, yeah. but the only real explanation that we have of the game is that it is a first-person shooter. Mm -hmm. It is in 3D, more like Quake than Doom. Yeah. It has a dark sci-fi theme with a specific focus on alien abduction. 
Yes. Didn't it always have the Native American kind of imagery to it? Like, I'm pretty sure their protagonist, their protagonist got very heavily redesigned, but so I think that was an angle I they were always sort know of into. If this version had the Native American protagonist, okay. the only other concrete details that we have are unlike Apogee games of the past, which often used modified versions of ID's tech. Prey would be built on an engine built from the ground up. And that Prey would be the showcase for what 3D realms would use going forward. Would it now? <laughs> and, and Prey was coming along, so to speak. That's where those screenshots came from. Okay. But two important things happened in 1996 at 3D realms that would change how well Prey was going. In 1996, Duke Nukem 3D was released. Yes. To success. Yeah. And also, Tom Hall left 3D Realms to form Ion Storm and go make Daikatana with his former <laughs> id co-founder, John Romero. I'm going to do that episode. Yeah, we have to. Um, yeah. So, he was replaced on the Prey team by another designer working on Prey, and I'm going to fuck this name up, Paul Scoitema. S-C-H-U-Y-T-E-M-A. I think it's Scoitema, but if I'm mispronouncing that, I apologize. But yeah, he was chosen to be the lead designer going forward. Now, Paul was, I think, a lot more focused, ironically enough, on the story than Hall, the, the id story guy. Right. Because Paul took Tom Hall's design and sort of ran with it. So we still have a game that is built on a new engine, still in 3D, still kind of like Quake, mm -hmm. still dark sci-fi focus, still specifically focus on alien abduction. Hell yeah. But that idea was greatly fleshed out. Tell me if any of this sounds familiar to you guys. It would feature <laughs> a Native American protagonist by the name of Talon Brave, Tal who okay. would be taken to a ring-shaped artificial world by the name of Trakara, inhabited by four different alien races. The game would feature destructible environments, and most importantly, to a covenant, the <laughs> a covenant of sorts. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Yeah, uh, he would. They was taken to a halo of sorts to fight a covenant of sorts. Um, so you're saying this is based off of aliens versus cowboys? Yes. <laughs> cowboys versus yeah. cowboys versus aliens. Yeah, the Daniel Craig movie. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. This doesn't. Uh, this doesn't sound like Michael Crichton's prey at all. No. <laughs> they, they went off of the source material okay. a whole lot. It's not based off of that book. Just so everybody knows. <laughs> People really like that name. Yes, they do. It's a cool it's a cool word. Sure. But most importantly to, to the game and something the team was pretty focused on here, the game would feature movable portal technology, allowing the player to carry around a oh. gun that could create portals that would teleport them around the environment and these portals could be created and moved in real time. Like the Ricks and Mortys. Yes. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> Wubba Lubba Ding Dong. Maybe. Oh God. <laughs> You're embarrassing our podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I do that on the regular. <laughs> and this is and this is years before Narbacular drop. Yes, this was a few years before Halo and years before Narbacular drop. I was going to say, yeah, they... Uh, it's ambitious. I was going to say Bungie and uh, Steam <laughs> stole these ideas, but they came from somewhere. Yeah. I'm not trying to say they stole it, but they stole it. No. <laughs> but, yeah, like we're talking about, it's pretty ahead of its time. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and this time, the game was still coming along and coming along better than it was under Tom Hall. The game was shown off 
to behind closed doors demos at E3 in 97 and 98. That's what they do. Often being showed alongside Half-Life. the newly announced sequel to Duke Nukem 3D, Duke Nukem Forever. Oh, yeah, uh, 2013's yes. <laughs> Duke Nukem Forever. And there were even claims that this new engine that 3D Realms was developing would eventually power the planned sequel to Duke Nukem Forever. <laughs> That would be coming after Duke Nukem Forever's release. God help us. <laughs> uh, this is going to be way funnier. This this episode is going to be funnier. This part specifically is going to be funnier if you know the Duke yes. Nukem story. So, <laughs> Just so everybody's aware. Yeah. Uh, it was even announced that German band KMFDM would produce the game's <laughs> soundtrack. Hell yeah. And that 3D Realms even went so far as to release three of these songs, yes. which would not end up being used in Prey, but one of them would end up going on to be used in the movie Heavy Heavy Metal 2000. (laughs) Um, Also featuring Devo. No, I I was talking to you about this before, Austin, where they actually commissioned quite a few bands to contribute to the soundtrack. I think there was even a special edition of the game that came with um, like a code to like direct drive to get it because there's a jukebox in the game that kind of makes it sway around the environment with you but in the bar in the beginning the pop punk band mxpx wrote a song for the game that that did not get officially released till years later it's a pretty cool track uh halifax i don't know if anyone remembers that yeah, fucking well, band that, yeah that was that was added in later that was after kmfdm did the, yeah <laughs> so you're telling me the the 90s industrial like didn't carry on to I, the uh, 2000s I, I believe i showed you guys this song before <laughs> it's very KMFDM. I am going to request that our sound guy, Jason, end the episode with it so that all the listeners can hear it. So stick around to the end to hear the, what the glory that could have been, Prey. Yeah. Um, Which uh, is in line with the legacy of, I mean, when you look at, um, like, Trent Reznor did the score and the voice work for the original Quake. You know, yeah, it's like. Uh, they got discount. They're making discount Quake. Why not get discount Nine Inch Nails to do your soundtrack? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's not a that's not really a dig at KMF. No, that, but that is a really good but, joke. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also not that much hey, of a dig at Prey because which one of them won an Oscar? Prey or Quake? No, I meant, I meant Prey won an Oscar. No, I'm talking about as far as these, compo- wild, these composers go. Uh, I don't know. Did Heavy Metal 2000 win an Oscar? <laughs> no. <laughs> um. Uh, but metal yes, uh, the game was at one point in a very playable state and people, you know, I think everybody was just on drugs in the early 90s because every <laughs> demo was groundbreaking yeah, in the early 90s. Yeah, the word of but, mouth about this was, but this was game very lo- positive. Again, it's ambitious and apparently they were not, you know, failing at that ambition. So sure. it would look pretty promising to, to anybody who sees these behind closed doors demo. However, again... A couple of problems are going to get in the way. First, mm. the game is being developed on the Glide API, which was made by a company called 3DFX. Now, if you don't know who 3DFX is, they made graphics cards in the 90s. Hmm. What do you think their boxes look like? Probably dope. <laughs> Probably girls with swords and huge tits yeah. with little armor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so it's the vo- voodoo with their chip, right? Yeah. yeah. Hold on. No, the box is so much worse than you could ever imagine. <laughs> it's just a close-up of eyes. Oh, oh that's yeah, that is worse. Yeah. Just as the team <laughs> did it load. <laughs> it did. Yeah. Wow, like really? That was their. Yeah, dude. It's very bizarre. 
Imagine seeing that staring back at you at Best Buy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but just as the team was deciding to go all in on the Glide API, 3DFX was having some trouble as uh, Microsoft had recently revealed their own rival to the Glide API, a little-known API of their own that would directly integrate with Windows, named DirectX. Okay. Yes. For more on that. Never heard of it. <laughs> For more on that, listen to our Xbox episode. Yeah. I think it's like uh, episode six. Mm-hmm. The engine, of course, had to be rebuilt from the ground up to work with DirectX, and 3DFX was, you know having a lot of trouble, so they decided to switch and therefore needed to rebuild the entire game, which was not an easy task. And at the same time as all of this was going down, 3D Realms decided that, hey, they're not that big of a company. As I covered in our Duke Nukem episode, even up until the later days of Duke Nukem, there were only like 18 people there. So Yeah, not a lot. Two ambitious huh. 3D shooters was just a little too much. 3D Realms founder Scott Hall was quoted as saying, really came down to this. We had Duke Nukem Forever and we had Prey. And it turned out that as a pretty small developer, that was more than we could chew. (laughs) Therefore, in 1998, after a successful behind closed doors E3 demo, Scoidema's version of Prey was shelved. And a lot of that team was shifted over to Duke Nukem Forever. What a shame. Yeah, boy, was it worth it. <laughs> what an absolute travesty. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, one single member of 3D Realms, Corin Yu, was left working on the engine for Prey. And the game was never officially canceled, merely indefinitely delayed. Yeah, I mean, for a while, I think there were people that considered it practically vaporware until yes. it reappeared. Um, yeah. Imagine, he was probably like... Motherfucker, I gotta work on an engine all by myself. <laughs> Don't think, retrospectively, he's like, holy shit, I done the bull. But yeah, not canceled, just put on indefinite hiatus until Duke's Nukem Forever was finished. Um, which we know how that turned out. <laughs> yeah. um, and after a few years, many considered it to be vaporware, as Randy said. A couple people just thought that the game was dead. But. Again, we intersect back in with the Duke Nukem Forever story. 3D Realms made a publishing deal with a little company called 2K Games. 2K? Now, where have I heard of that? They make basketball. Oh, right, um, right, right. The $70 basketball. 2K, 2K. <laughs> they exploit college kids. Is that the company? <laughs> they, they like 2K? slot machines? 2K, in acquiring 3D Realms, went through what they were working on and discovered this lone programmer working on the engine for Prey. (laughs) In a lonely office. And was like, you know, if we put some resources behind this, this could actually be something because portals and destructible environments still ambitious in 2001 when the deal was made, but not as ambitious as 1997. Yeah, I mean, Red Faction was coming out. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, and that was about to change the world and set it on fire. And become the most well-known shooter of all time. <laughs> yeah, sh- fuck off. <laughs> Why well, such a hater? <laughs> if, you, if you want to know more, listen to our... Uh, I'm, I'm not going to attack you so much. It's, it's mean. Well, now i got to do a Red Faction episode. I was going to say, listen to our Red Faction episode. Oh, wait, we didn't do it's one. It's coming. Do you know that game used to be a Descent sequel? I did. All right. <laughs> Damn it, Randall. Now oh, I won't get shit. an episode. How am I going to stretch it? Yeah. Welcome to Hot Button. This used to be a Descent sequel. Yeah. Anyway. How am I going to stretch that out? To, well, actually, what's, uh, weirdly enough. Don't save it for the episode. No, no, no. I was going to say preview for uh, next week or whatever, but, or, but the 
Red Faction will come up on the episode that I'm currently writing. Oh now. yeah, well you're right. Yep. Um, <laughs> and so will George Romero or John Romero. Sorry. Yes, <laughs> George Romero. And so, 2K decided. You know what? Let's put some money behind this thing. Let's reignite the development on Prey. But we just have one problem. You see that pesky Duke Nukem Forever <laughs> still wasn't out. <sighs> and this was in 2001. A full six years after it started. Can you imagine? And, uh, and now they lost the Halo angle. Yeah. <laughs> so. The studio was still working on Duke Nukem Forever. So many of the people who worked on Prey were still working on Duke Nukem Forever. And many of the people, I believe, including Paul Squidema, the, okay. the head, were gone. They, you know, there yeah. were a lot of people. There was a lot of turnover in the Duke Nukem Forever days of 3D Realms, which was most of it, <laughs> sure. uh, save for one year. But, yeah. um, yeah. They decided that they would go with a studio who was merely a support studio at this point. They had supported games like Unreal Tournament and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Human Head Studios. Yes. As Randy mentioned, developers of The Quiet Man. <laughs> um, now now defunct uh, developers of yes. The Quiet Man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I was going to point that out at one but, point. Um, but... The game would feature the same story and mechanics as those concepts, uh, but without the destructible environments, because let's be honest, that's still a little overly ambitious to this day. (laughs) Yes, there's a reason why it's not prevalent in every It's a reason why Crackdown 3 scrapped it, and that game came out like two years ago. (laughs) But it had the power of the clown. (laughs) Yes, that's why that game was not good. (laughs) (laughs) Former editor-in-chief of PC Gamer Magazine and future writer of Book of Eli, Rogue One, uh, Gary Witta, was brought on to flesh out this story. Mm-hmm. And here are some of the changes that he and new studio Human Head made. Okay. The protagonist's name yeah. was changed from the maybe culturally insensitive Talon Brave to the much more realistic Tommy Tawadi. That was a good uh, change. The idea... Being to have a protagonist who just wasn't another bald white dude. They yeah. liked the Native American angle, and it was a good angle. But, mm-hmm. you know, the Native American aspect also couldn't feel like it was shoehorned in just so that they didn't have another yes. bald white dude. Therefore, the game team did a lot of research. They went out and they interviewed people who lived on reservations and stuff like that. I did jump the gun, didn't I? And they decided <laughs> to make... The Native American angle of it, way more of a central plot point to both to Tommy's character and to the game itself, yeah. rather than just having the main character be a different race. And it seemed represented pretty respectfully, yeah. and, and especially and, in, a, in a contemporary setting. And as as Randy mentioned earlier, in doing their research, met a voice actor by the name of Michael Gray Eyes, who is a Plains Cree who was involved in the development of the character and the writing of the character, as well as voicing him. Here is his quote about the role. In, in his sole uh, video game performance, by yeah. the way. Yeah, he's yeah. been in some TV and movie yeah. stuff. But Here's his quote on taking the role of Tommy Tawadi. I was impressed with the way 3D Realms conceived of and wrote Tommy. Hollywood typically relegates our different indigenous cultures either into a single pan Indian construct of some type, radical protester type, slick corporate angelicized casino businessman type, etc., or most commonly as a historical figure. 
typically from plains culture. In fact, the overwhelming majority of roles written for Native actors are in the Western genre. There are few opportunities for us to appear outside of that paradigm, and when we do it, is often equally narrow in focus. The writers at 3D Realms were always open to my comments, which I freely offered, and took my notes very seriously in nearly every instance, changing dialogue or thematic content. Very cool. Yeah, really, really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good for 3D Realms and... and- Well said. It should also be noticed that the female companion in the game named Jen is voiced by Crystal Lightning, who is also a plain screen. Awesome. And also apparently had input, although I didn't find any quotes from her. In addition, the game was no longer being built on an engine built for the ground up. It was instead to be made on id Tech 4, which some of you may know as the Doom 3 slash Quake 4 engine. Yes, which had a lot of promotion at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, fairly significant. And in addition, we're still going to be about dark sci-fi. We're still going to be about alien abduction. And we're still going to be about portals. We're still going to be about them portals. Love those portals. Uh, in addition, Human Head decided to include some rejected ideas that, like I said, they were a support studio. And they had a lot of ideas that other games they were working on, got, they got rejected because the people actually making the game were like, nah, it's stupid. Right. One of which was boots that you could walk on walls with, which... Yes. Which they later, they they translated into those weird vertical catwalks and stuff. Yeah. Yep. Now, the game's development, again, smoother than Duke Nukem Forever, (laughs) uh, but was also a little rocky. At one point, Human Head stopped receiving funding from 2K, who (laughs) who apparently saw the game, how the game was coming along, and said, make it more like Nintendo's Metroid series. Uh, (laughs) Okay. In Scott Hall co-founder of 3D Realms, said, nah, fuck that, and decided that 3D Realms was going to cover funding until 2K came to their senses, which they eventually did, Mm. and the dispute was settled, 2K resumed funding. The team, however, as a part of this dispute and contract negotiation, whatever, was unfortunately given a little bit less time than they needed. And so the game's portal shooting gun was scrapped and replaced with static portals yes. being used in its place, still transporting you around and you could the environment. Still, uh, see through them, and you could still see through yeah. them like portal, but you didn't have a gun that fired them. Scott Miller, again co-founder of 3D Realms, said that the game needed another six months, and they could have beaten Valve's portal to market and been the first game with a working portal gun. Holy shit! Can you imagine? Uh, I know. <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> But then again, like to be honest, it probably would have still fallen by the wayside. Like Portal's Portal Gun is not what made that game amazing. No, you're it sure right. It sure made it cool. It, it, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but it's your people in. But that is not the reason why Portal's yeah, so it's, good. It's the writing and the puzzle design and mm-hmm. the yeah, the entire world. And we'll and, get to the reason yeah. why Prey is kind of forgotten. Yeah, 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 unfortunately, the game, like I said, rumored dead or just vaporware throughout most of the early 2000s until. April 26, 2005, when a press release came out from 2K saying that the game was on. Which is kind of, that was shocking at the time. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was shown at E3 2005. People seemed to like what they saw. And one year later, June 28, 2006, the game was released. Hey. 11 years after it was started. To both critical and commercial success, should note that the game has around about an 83 on Metacritic, depending on the PC version yeah. versus the 360 version. That's not bad. And sold over 1 million copies. Yeah, for the, the era, that's... So, now that uh, Randy has been bursting over there, <laughs> now I'm going to give him a little bit of time, because we're going to talk about Prey. Chris, did you play Prey? 
No, I've never played it. Okay. <laughs> it's uh it's the one where the guy's arm is like uh it's all like fucked up like venom, right? It's got a blade <laughs> on it. And you jump around <laughs> the again. No, that's infamous, dude. Yeah, that's Bionic Commando, man. Mm-hmm. That's a better joke, you're right. Um No, it was it was cool. It played They it was weren't funny. afraid to kill children. It was funny because uh it was based on the Quake 4 engine. Yes. And you're playing Which a was game, kind of an underwhelming... You're playing a game that started development as a kind of a ripoff of Quake, and it was so much better than Quake 4. Yeah. Um, they gave you a wrench before Bioshock. Uh, now we're gonna go. We're gonna give here everybody. It's the Randy minute where he talks about the fucking jukebox in the the beginning of the game. Da, 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 da. All right, go ahead. All right. So, um, I mean, downloadable demos like this were not. They're they're not as prevalent nowadays. I mean, there's betas and stuff for multiplayer games, but I would say this was the pinnacle of downloadable kind of first experiences with games before you really truly knew what they were. And I did see this kind of come into my wheelhouse. I think I played the demo uh, initially on PC, but... Oh, sorry. I should say, by the way, that uh, I, I messed up. Sorry to cut you off. Oh, you're fine. June 28th, 2006, the game went gold. The demo came out on June 22nd. Oh, no shit. Uh, for PC, June 30th. On the Xbox Live Marketplace for the Xbox 360, the game was released in North America on July 11th, 2006, and July 14th, 2006 in Europe. I mean, honestly, the fact that this game came out in the middle of summer, which is... is yeah, it's a good Yeah, which is, is normally kind of a dry spell for releases. Yeah, because it's so, so hot out. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't rain as much. But yeah, I actually wasn't following this game too closely. Um, mm-hmm. Me either. Prior I, to I, launch, um, totally. I was a demo fiend in the 360 days. Yeah, me too. Any demo they gave me, I fucking downloaded and played. And I remember playing that prey demo and being like, "All right, <laughs> sign me up." And you and played I bought the, the game. You played the two human demo, and I bought the game. <laughs> Um, so maybe that's not as much of a credit to praise quality as I want no, it to it's, be. No, it's a really great it, it is a, intro. It is a good fucking game. Yeah. Also, I should mention that the game, I don't think this is in my script, the game did have multiplayer, and that demo was both single player and multiplayer. Uh, uh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but where I never played the multiplayer. So We're talking about the single it's, player. It's, I mean, if being a fan of the, the Half-Life games, it, it was like... Seeing the cinematic presentation it was this weird, of it, like yeah, it was this weird gameplay-wise. It was sort of this weird amalgamation of Doom Three, Quake Four, and a Valve game. Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's actually a very good. Doesn't sound that yeah. bad though. No, mm-hmm. no, and uh, and good. and I was very personally taken back by the inclusion of some. <laughs> by MXPX. Uh, well, not just MXPX, but uh, I, I hinted at this in in our opening. But I recognized because it's it's an extremely noticeable voice when you hear it. Art Bell is in the game. For those of us that don't know, and I'm talking about our listeners and not myself, who is Art Bell? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Art Bell was the he was a host of a late night radio 
talk show that started in the mid eighties okay. that focused like on topics I would say related to the the paranormal or right, yeah. conspiracy theories back when those were fun. Yeah, back back before PizzaGate and QAnon. <laughs> yeah, and he he had a very theatrical kind of delivery. Mm-hmm. You could almost liken it to who was the the host of the Twilight Zone, uh, Rod that, Serling. Yeah, Rod Serling or Jordan Peele, depending on what Twilight Zone. <laughs> yeah, you're talking yeah, about. yeah, not that one, but a <laughs> but a very in- infectious kind of like, like you know like especially in the early days. A radio voice. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I think. That was a very uh, inspired choice because he he doesn't do a he didn't before he passed away. Yeah, is, but he didn't do uh, George Norrie is is now his I, I think successor. Host, yeah, who hosts yeah. the show now? But he wasn't especially known for doing public appearances very often. Yeah, so it goes to show that the alien setting wasn't just a backdrop. And again, like it, was like very the, it was like the Native to, American thing. They were very dedicated to making getting the most out of that original pitch. Yes, like yeah. You know, we're not just going to make it about alien abduction. We're going to make a dope ass intro about alien <laughs> yeah. abduction and include the dude that's most <laughs> notably <laughs> related to alien abduction. And, and it and it showed in the beginning, like the the animations were good, the, mm-hmm. the performances and the dialogue was very restrained in a way that a lot of other video games of the of. I mean, yeah, you can, you can tell weren't. you can tell that it is native actors, but they're not being forced to be anybody but themselves really yes. yeah. in fact it opens with your protagonist kind of giving this sort of monologue into a mirror uh, sort of about his struggle with existentialism and purpose yeah. because he he is stuck working at a bar it's kind of implied yeah. that he's in a like a, a bar back or yeah. janitorial sort of position and then when you get into a little bit of a tutorial fight with some like I think like racist rednecks or something yeah. I'm trying to remember and then it, it cuts to it because it leans into the horror stuff off the bat yeah. there, there's a, a very good kind of um emergency broadcast system plays over the bars which is a little bit of an unnerving kind of sound and then once you see the the truck get levitated and go into the bar it's yeah you it, got you got the tractor beam light you got yeah. the roof ripping off the place it, and totally the, sucked up yeah, yeah. It, it, it has everything it's firing yeah. in all cylinders and then a, a really great use of uh of blue oyster coal while you're rising yep. into the sky and then the jukebox starts playing don't fear the reaper and, <laughs> and, he, and once you're on the spaceship it's like the weapons are really cool. They're mm-hmm. almost like bio. Like you know, they yeah, almost yeah. They look like they're alive. They look like they're alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh nice. Yeah, which is which is super neat. And you have like some. There's like a spirit animal sort of theme to. Yes. So like you talk about the mini game when you die, yeah. you have you get like you can turn into a. It spirit. didn't have like a game over. Yeah. Thing. yeah. You could turn into like a spirit version of yourself, and you got like a bow and arrow. When you died, you had to like walk around as this spirit thing and like yeah you kind of hunt birds or something it was i think that was they were meant to represent the, yeah they, they're meant to sort of represent the entities that took you down and uh-huh. like coming back into the plane of existence yep. of real life that even that demo and it's it's lengthy you know it's it's probably like maybe the first 45 minutes to an hour of that game mm-hmm. and it plays around with oh, pers- yeah, like do look really cool. it, it plays around yeah. with perspective a lot it does yeah. it, it does the thing that it does a lot of there's a lot of portals like i yeah. said there's a lot of walking on walls there's i think a segment where you're almost like shrunken down it almost yep. looks like the arkham uh, asylum yep. scarecrow stuff yeah yeah, yeah it's, it was really wild and uh, at that point i was on board and and played through that game and and again really enjoyed it yeah and you're not alone like i said very successful despite this success 2k games did not want a sequel 
Oh, by the way, I sorry, I should have mentioned that the name of the show that our it was called Coast to Coast AM. Very okay. very generic name, but yeah, uh, on AM stations. But uh, just in case anybody out there is trying to find it, yeah, <laughs> um, it's, it's worth a listen. It's fun. Yeah. Despite the sales success and the critical success, 2K Games did not want a sequel. Yeah, they were ready to publish a game, give all their money to some jerk-off magician. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Listen to the uh, Gearbox, Borlands. Yeah, we got a two-parter on yep. that fucking guy. And there's even more after that. Know, it um, never ends. It's it never like ends. fucking Kingdoms of Amalur. They're all, you know, they're all connected, too. <laughs> all these fucking fuckers. <laughs> Where's the Aaron Sorkin version of it? So yeah, somewhere out in a bar, there's uh, Randy Pitchford, Dennis Didak, and uh, Kurt Schilling are having a beer and talking about how Republican they all are. Um, anyway, uh, despite 2K's hesitance, 3D Realms and Prey developer Human Head were interested in a sequel. Mm. And Human Head Me too. took on some more contract work to make some money, took a break from Prey, and then not too long later, after the release of Prey, started drawing up some concepts as to what a sequel to Prey would look like. Yes. Um, and, this, and they still could have had Harpel again. He yeah. didn't pass away till like 2018, playing that weird version of himself. It's yeah. great. Now, <laughs> as Prey was releasing, Scott Miller... He's back. The founder of 3D Realms founded another company by the name of Radar Group. Radar Group was a sort of Radar like Group, production uh, company that was used to find and bring exciting games to publishers. That's what it was for. Okay. Interesting. And they announced a couple of games that never came out. Unfortunately, like, I don't what, think they were very good at like their jobs. I'm, I'm very curious. I have to look it up. Agent. I know Prey 2 was one of them. <laughs> Radar Group in March 2008 announced three titles that they were hoping to bring to <laughs> publishers and distributors, okay. one of which was Prey 2. Yeah. Another was called Earth No More. Uh, that game was no more after, after that. Yeah. Cause I, yeah. And Incarnate, both Inc of which never came out. Incarnate well, all, sounds familiar. We'll get there, but okay. all three of which never came out. Yeah. Are they still around? Radar Group, no. No. Right. You might have mentioned that. Sorry. I mean, yeah. it was founded under 3D Realms, who is... Uh, also, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, in this pitch, in this announcement, we get a very vague description of the first version <laughs> of Prey 2. Is this like a Beyond Good and Evil thing? Yes. Yeah. like <laughs> Now, Tommy returns to Earth after the events of Prey only to be accused of the disappearance of his family and his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. He then abandons Earth and embarks on a quest through the galaxy. That is all the information I it's have. like a prog metal uh, album. Yeah. Not much <laughs> else is known as this version of this game that was never made was never made. Now, Radar Group, as part of their, uh, I guess, going under or, you know, liquidating or whatever, yeah. would eventually sell the rights to the Prey franchise because keep in mind, I don't know if I mentioned this, but just like Duke Nukem, there was a publishing agreement for Prey with 2K, but 2K did not own Prey. 3D Realms owned Prey. And 3D Realms sold the rights to Prey to themselves, to Radar Group. Interesting. I and wonder then how much. <laughs> Radar Group would go on to make the stupidest decision ever and sell the rights of Prey to Bethesda in 2009. Yeah. Some more development went on. And two years later, in 2011, we are reintroduced 
to pray to. And those materials are still out there. Those, they are. Yeah, with a new stuff. premise, a U.S. marshal by the name of Killian Samuels <laughs> is transported to an alien world where he is knocked out, wakes up years later as a bounty hunter. Who okay. is who is hired by the scum of the galaxy to hunt the other scum of the galaxy. <laughs> All that was known in connection to the first prey was that the character would eventually cross paths with and team up with Tommy Tawadi. I like this like universe building for prey. Like, you know, like it's looking back at it now, it's just uh the game again <laughs> shown off behind closed doors to the press, and the press glowing reviews of this like no shit glowing reviews of this demo there are people to this day who say i want to play that version of prey 2 (laughs) no i guess you could there are people still saying that about duke nukem true yes there are (laughs) but the game featured hunting alien criminals along with wall running and dialogue this still sounds dope i want to play this (laughs) it was what is described by many as a mashup of mass effect mirror's edge and deus ex all rolled into one (laughs) okay yeah Uh. now this demo was behind closed doors and we are unfortunately an audio medium however look up pray to demo it is out there it's all over YouTube. If you oh, want to man. see what this game looked like, I strongly urge you to go watch this video because it looks dope as shit. <laughs> cool. There's like there's like platforming but with like ledge grabbing, but you like grab onto the ledge and then you just like wow, peek. All right. You peek up over as you're hanging over a thing that if you fall, you'll die. You're just <laughs> peeking over the ledge and shooting and then you like kick off of it and wall run over to another platform. Like it's, That's it's neat. All right. It's really, it is really mirror's edge like, and but like with like, good combat not a lot of shooters had that kind of mobility Uh for the yeah no (laughs) the game was announced for 2012 Mm. i don't know a specific date but sometime in 2012 it was given a year and by the end of 2011 according to uh our friends at human head the game was mostly finished all of the levels, guns, and enemies were in the game. Wow, they were that far along, huh? But come 2012, something wasn't right. See, the game that blew the press away and was quoted as being mostly finished... Did it still have the butthole doors? Those organic, I don't think so. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, had quietly been removed from Bethesda's website sometime in 2012. Mm. This that, was, that's a sign. <laughs> this was, according to some very conflicting reports, uh, <laughs> this was due to the fact that Human Head had completely stopped working on the game. For unknown reasons, and I'll get to the rumors and the conflicting reports shortly, mm-hmm. right. and uh, a lot of that team was very proud of what they had done and very happy with the game and are quoted as saying that the reasons for the stoppage are very political and very petty and very stupid. Boy. Now, IGN... Reported that Bethesda had shown interest in buying Human Head, but was not following through. This is going to be some contract (laughs) jargon that I do not fully explain and why I will never be a successful human in this society. Also, because I'm kind of a communist. But uh, (laughs) now they were pushing Human Head. Excuse me. I'd like to officially announce to the to Trump's military police that I am in no way associated with um, our other host and any of his communist activities. <laughs> He's oh, yeah. going to get the, dragged away in an unmarked van. I'm the czar of uh, Antifa or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyway. and I'm the head of Anonymous. Yeah, it's a wild podcast that we talk about video games <laughs> instead of all the shit. Um, so uh, part of this contract dispute was that 2K 
kept talking about buying Human Head, but they weren't doing it yet. And part of this was that they were kind of holding them over the coals, so to speak, and being like, we're interested in buying you, but just I mean, like, their feet, like the game could have some additional features. And so they <laughs> kept pushing for Human Head to add additional features to Prey 2, a game which was largely finished and yeah. the team was largely proud of. Did they want multiplayer? Um, like, I a, don't know it, exactly like, what those features were, as this is the whole thing is just a rumor that IGN reported on. Yeah. Uh, which is corroborated by some people at Human Head, anonymous people at Human Head, but and and part of their contract also stated that they had to get the game out by a certain time, and that they were not allowed to work on any other projects but Prey Two. I mean, that, so that, some of that is probably sure. kind of standard However, for fiscal quarter stuff. All as far of as their go. all of these features that Two K was pushing for them to add, Two K kept saying verbally. Oh yeah, we'll push that date back, but they never signed a contract saying we're going to push the date back. Huh. So Human Head's over here with a mostly finished game being like, we're ready to get this thing out. And they're like, you got to add more stuff. But also <laughs> there's a legal thing that says we'll fucking sue you if you don't release it by this time. Jeez. And it needs a gravity gun. Yeah. Put a gravity gun in there. And so Human Head quietly behind the scenes and are not credited for this worked on games like Defiance and Bioshock Infinite. Really? Mm -hmm. In secret to make money to keep their studio afloat while 2K was kind of I, like I mean, holding they out may have on also, them. Or, no, I guess huh. it's not human head. 3D Realms would have had a finder's fee for like Remedy, right? With the Max Payne stuff? Okay. Yeah. This work stoppage was the human head's version of a strike so that they were basically saying either release our game and give us the fucking money and get us out of this contract, buy us, or give us more time if you want us to add these features. That was It I was had, like a strike for that I reason. had no idea it got that intense. Like Again, all rumors. Yeah. Because an agreement was never reached, the contract expired, Human Head was taken off of Prey 2, Prey 2 was put back into Bethesda's hands. When questioned... On a hard drive somewhere. When questioned about... <sighs> the rumors of this work stoppage and these contract disputes, yeah. uh, Bethesda's vice president of marketing and PR, Pete Hines, called the rumors false. He stated that it would be nonsense for them to stop a game so close to the finish line for arbitrary contract reasons and said that the game simply did not turn out like they wanted. I would believe. In 2013, <laughs> Jason Schreier, formerly of Kotaku, was working at Kotaku for, yeah. at the time, reported that Rumors now of a split. He re he reported that the rumors of a split between Human Head and Bethesda that everybody was gossiping about since 2012, when they quietly removed it from the website, were indeed true, and that the game was back in Bethesda's hands, and Bethesda was looking around at a studio to finish Prey 2. I mean, this was around the time Bethesda was publishing other stuff than mm -hmm. the the things that they're known for in-house. Something, uh, yeah, they were publishing a lot of games like uh, Dishonored, which will come up. Cool. And Rogue Warrior. No, that was a little before. Yeah, that was way, that was like way before. <laughs> I know. Uh, wet. I just it was reported that Obsidian Entertainment <laughs> had done some work on Prey 2. Obsidian, really? Yeah. Okay. And Rebellion right. Developments, developers of Sniper Elite, oh, yeah. and had also been approached but declined the offer. God, how many people got involved in the story? The, yeah. the decision was made ultimately to go with a pitch from Arcane Studios. The, the developers of had Dishonored, previously yeah. worked on with Dishonored. You see, Dishonored did well, and Arcane was looking to expand. They had another team, and that team needed a project in addition to their main team who was working on Dishonored 2. Arcane had pitched... Now, this is the part that 
still gets to me. Arcane had pitched a spiritual successor to System Shock uh, <laughs> to Bethesda. Now the that, pieces are falling into place. As that second project. <laughs> yeah. And instead of pitching it as a sequel to Prey, Bethesda said, that sounds like a good idea. You know what <laughs> franchise we own that this fits perfectly with? Prey. Because they both take place in space, dude. <laughs> Like nowhere Check it out. <laughs> System shock, but this time in a forest. <laughs> All right, you're on to something. Not to belabor the point, but like, do we, like, I fucking, I fucking love fucking Bioshock yeah. with all my heart. Do we really oh, yeah. need, do we really need Me like too. a fifth spiritual successor to System Shock? <sighs> I know. System Shock is such a cool game, and I get why people keep wanting to make spiritual successors to it, but like, come on, dude. Well, I know, and we're still in that now with yeah. whatever the that They're making a System Shock and 3. System Shock 3, yeah, like... Bioshock was a System Shock, Dead Space was a System Shock series successor. Yeah. I'm naming two of my favorite games of all yeah. time, and I'm, even then I'm telling you, please Those games just are stop. fucking killer, but yeah, it, it's weird. Like, people are still chasing that, like... You know, there was even System Shock influence in like Alien Isolation, you sure. know, like <laughs> I was going to say, that's one of the most that's closest to like the most advanced version of that feeling you got from the original System Shock totally. is probably Alien Isolation. That idea of never knowing around what's any cor- like, well, never knowing what's around the corner. I would argue like that. that like, yeah. I would argue that the what I'm about to talk about is actually probably nails System Shock the best from yeah. a gameplay perspective. It, it, it honestly. just doesn't modernize it in a way. It that doesn't it, modernize it in a way yeah. that uh, Dead Space and Bioshock exactly. Did. Although they kind of both went in different directions. I oh, yeah, Bioshock's pretty system shocky. It just yeah. takes away the RPG elements of it a little. For the better. Yeah. <laughs> so, Prey 2 was transferred over to Arcane, who immediately threw the entire game that, that Human Head had worked <laughs> on in completely into the garbage and yeah. instead opted to reboot Prey as this spiritual successor to System Shock. Because again, <laughs> the world, nothing but the name. Yeah, the world needs another System Shock <laughs> sequel or System Shock spiritual successor. To that end, Prey Two was officially canceled in 2014, and Arcane's Prey was revealed just two years later at E3 2016. Yes, which uh, had a cool pitch trailer. Sure, it did. Let's get into the plot of this game <laughs> and see how just how much it really. <laughs> really connects with Prey 1. Yeah. Uh, the game is set in an alternate universe where the JFK assassination failed and Kennedy, <laughs> alive and well, accelerated the space race between the Russians. I played this game. I don't fucking remember that. <laughs> the Russians discover an alien species on the moon named the Typhoon and as such, a space station called the Kletka or prison in Russian he made all this is up. made to serve as a prison for the typhoon. The space station through a series of capitalist bullshit is eventually sold from government to government and then to the Transtar Corporation who renamed the Kletka Talos 1. The player controls a character who works for Tel- Transtar and starts their work right as the typhoon decides it's time to break out of containment and take back their space station. What are you talking about? <laughs> the sequel to Prey! <laughs> God, it's like you never even played Prey 1. Um, the game was developed using CryEngine instead of Arcane's own Void Engine yeah, that, or any id tech engine. That always goes well, using um, CryEngine. And was written <laughs> it was written by Chris Avalon, who we're not going to get into. The guy who's yep. delayed yep. a couple games yep. because he's a pervert. Yep. Anyway, for the first time in history... Prey doesn't have a rocky development. Uh, <laughs> yeah, things seem to go true. pretty smoothly. And on May 5th, 2017, 
the game was released. And boy, did the Deus Ex fans love it. And how much did it knock Prey 1 out of the water? Oh, you, you told me this. Yeah. It earned an 83 on Metacritic. <laughs> it's the same score. And sold around <laughs> 1.5 million copies. <laughs> All that fucking shit. <laughs> Although Bethesda didn't release official sales numbers since the game was considered not necessarily a failure, but not necessarily a hit. For the budget. Yeah. Uh, and that as, game, and out of the gate, had some pretty as, serious technical problems. Too. Obviously, Dishonored 2 had done a much better job sales wise, and the game had a much higher budget than Prey 1 did. And was the 2006 Prey. For a game award. Uh huh. Despite this, the game did receive two DLCs. And many people really enjoyed the game, myself not included. Do not like that game. No, I don't bit. either. And I'm not trying to shit talk it too much, but it was going for a different audience and it seemed like they got what they wanted out. Yeah, but if, sure. if you like action games or shooters, that was not the thing for you. If you like tense kind of horror stories about aliens, that was not and for you either. But if you wanted to uh, run around a space station and clobber inanimate objects with a wrench yeah, and then have your save deleted... Yeah, if you want to turn, if you want to turn, uh, covered, then they've got you covered. If you want to turn fucked up goo head crabs into foam and then beat them with a wrench, yeah, that's your game for you. <laughs> um, also, if you want to like make a wrong to go like go left instead of right and then end up in an area thirty levels above you and get instantly killed oh, and then get boy does that game tra- waste time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's the story <laughs> of Prey, the original Prey. Unlike Duke Nukem Forever, if you couldn't tell by the praise me and Randy tried to heap on in the yeah. middle, it's a genuinely great game. Yeah, I know. I know. I talked about the demo more than the actual game itself, but the game's that, really I, good. But I, I didn't want to like kind of spoil it because it goes places. I remember. Let me tell you a story. I remember in college one time we finished finals, but not all of us had finished finals, and we went to the mall. We walked into GameStop, and my roommate went, "I'm gonna buy." A game. I have ten dollars. Right Wow. <laughs> this was in. Don't by work. the way, this was in like two thousand and nine. So it would have been yeah. before Prey Two was announced. But he goes, I'm gonna walk in this GameStop. I got ten dollars here. I'm gonna buy a game, and I'm gonna beat it before I go back home because I think <laughs> he was he was from uh, Texas or something. But anyway, he bought it and he beat the entire thing in a weekend. And I watched him. <laughs> And cool. relived it, and it, it's still a great game. <laughs> yeah. Is it available? Like, I don't know if it's on backwards so, compatibility. It's not on Steam or anything. Let's get into this. Uh, all right, yeah. I got a disc somewhere. If you watch the demo for Prey 2, it looks wild and awesome and a crazy direction for that franchise to take, but just sort of a, almost just as ambitious as the first one. Unfortunately, Prey 2 has been scrapped and will never see the light of day. Yep. Prey 1 is no longer available on Steam mm-hmm. uh, due, due to Bethesda abandoning it for one reason or another. They've never released a statement as to why Prey 2006 is no longer on Steam. The rumors are Music either licensing, that they have DRM in the game oh. and they don't want to pay somebody to take it out, but the contract on the DRM expired. That's very possible. Uh, they Also, music licensing is another one. Yeah. And also... There are a couple of rumors that they are just trying to erase it and want people to think of the new Prey That's franchise. also very uh, And then there's also a lot of things that apparently if you somehow have a copy of Prey 1 on Steam, like if you bought it back when it was a thing right. and you have the new Prey, they are both named Prey.exe. <laughs> and if you try to launch one, sometimes it will just launch the other. <laughs> Fuck uh, out of here. <laughs> Holy shit. But yeah, anyway. That's uh, real dumb. 
<laughs> and while Prey 2017 is a cool game, System Shock, it's not fine. my cup of tea, yeah. it is a shame And that I like System Shock, well, too, but... It, it's a shame that, that a franchise as wild as Prey has been somewhat erased from history in order to make way for another, uh, just another spiritual successor to System Shock. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> that's the end of the story. Cool. For now. Yeah, for... It, because... No, don't worry, every time we do this... Yeah, yeah, as we've learned on Hot Button, what's <laughs> going to happen, uh, ladies and gents out there listening is that we're going to release this episode and then like three days later they're gonna be like Prey 2 is coming out <laughs> um because that's the kind of fucking luck we have fucking every goddamn time kingdoms of amalur uh, i mean it's re definitive edition or whatever <laughs> fuck it's called re-reckoning re, 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 I mean, we can edition. wheel games into existence on this show so all we have to do is is cover topics oh, of things we want sequels to yeah except the things you actually want sequels to that. because we made an eternal darkness episode and that never got a <laughs> well be on the lookout for my burnout episode coming next month yeah <laughs> we'll do one about the <laughs> I was going to say Skate, but I forgot they announced Skate 4. We still uh, don't know what that is. Yeah, it's, it's never coming out. Um, <laughs> no, it's cool. This completed, I think, that era of those yes. first-person shooters in that way. Like, And that, my dear listeners, <laughs> is a spiritual successor <laughs> to our Duke Nukem episode and completes the saga of 3D Realms. Blow it out your ass. Indeed. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Do some plugs Plug and get time. out of here. Plug time. Thank you for listening. We've mentioned uh, quite a few episodes. Our Xbox episode for more about DirectX. Our two-parter on Borderlands for more about that shithead Randy Pitchford. Come <laughs> at me, dude. Sue me, please, because I'd like to be famous. Yeah, we challenge Billy Missile. Billy Mitchell, don't think we won't challenge you, too. Yeah. And also, of course... The one that I cannot stress enough that you should also listen to if you're listening to this, Duke Nukem Forever, uh, was just just one of the most fascinating stories in video games. Um, (laughs) I can't wait till when we do a Beyond Good and Evil episode in like 10 years. Yeah. I wish, now in retrospect, I wish we never released a Duke Duke episode, just kept saying we were going to release it over and over again. (laughs) We kind of already... Yeah, you're right. I should have done Prey first. (laughs) <laughs> I should have mentioned in the second episode that I was doing a Prey episode and then they released it now. But it's but it was about a completely <laughs> and different been topic. like, don't worry, Duke Nukem's coming and then release it in like 2027. Yeah, but then it'd have to but then it'd have to also blow ass. Like <laughs> just That's just true. the most unresearched, unrehearsed episode ever. Like I'm sorry, full what, of technical what did you say? problems. It's gonna have to what? Uh, I'm wait, I forgot what I said already. Uh, it'll be right on <laughs> Yeah. If you want to listen to those episodes and many, many more that don't directly link to this, but we got a lot of good shit. No, it all it's all going to link back to Duke Nukem from here on out. Oh, God. I quit. Uh, you can head on over to hotbuttoncast.com. That's our website. You can check out all our episodes. We have a search feature if you want to find those specific episodes we talked about. You can also... If there's a story you want to hear us tell, yeah, tell we us. Can, who, we do have a submit a topic button. You on there. all know, or like, if there's a story you want to tell, buy your own fucking microphone. <laughs> do your own goddamn research. Yeah, you know how expensive buy your own goddamn website. <laughs> <laughs> they all want to know about Daikatana. All right, you guys, are, you guys are getting mean. You're, you're cutting into our no money that we make. Oh. <laughs> we also have links on there. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play and any of the other billions of podcast apps out there. It's all linked to the iTunes RSS feed. We can't make mixer jokes anymore. Yeah. 
And while while we are out here talking about iTunes, rate and review on iTunes. That helps. And enjoy this KFFDM song. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Hot Button Cast. There are links to those on our website. And to play us out, discount Prodigy. <laughs> is, this fire, is this Firestar? <laughs> All right. <laughs>